0: also accepting the fact that I have some great strengths and people like me and I can talk to people and do all these things and I have flaws and weaknesses just like everyone else. But at the end of the day, it gets pretty exhausting trying to be
1: someone that you're not. So you may as well lean into the person that you are. Welcome to the Sisterhood Club podcast, where we talk all things business, Web3 and NFTs. We're on a mission to educate, elevate, and empower women into the world of Web3. So join us on this journey as we learn together from leading experts. And remember, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only, so please do your own research and enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sisterhood Club podcast with myself, Georgie Hubbard.
2: And me, Pam Caldwell.
1: And today we are sat with a fellow Aussie female, uh, somebody who has definitely inspired Pam and I. We have met uh, in in real life at the Australian Crypto Convention and we have spoken over Zoom as well. So she is uh, definitely um, a huge inspiration to us both. But Jordan Franklin, amazing to have you on the Sister Club podcast today, could you please begin with a little bit of an introduction into who you are, your journey, and uh, let's let's kick off there. Over to you. Absolutely. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm
0: so glad that the Australian Crypto Convention you know, brought us all together. I think that being at that convention was, it was just so amazing to see so many, you know, empowered people in the room in general. And, you know, I walked away from that convention, obviously with a lot of, you know, new friends, um, new women and Web3 friends specifically, but also with, I kind of guess this like affirmation that, we're all still learning and I think that was so evident at the crypto convention in that people were so open-minded they were so eager to to learn more um, and there was no kind of for me I don't feel like there was a barrier to you know the education aspect there was yeah it was just a really awesome experience so very glad that that brought us together and um, yeah you've created you know something really special in terms of the community that that you've built so very glad to be a part of that And by way of introduction, um, I'm Jordan. I used to work corporate. <laughs> in fact, I think, you know, if you look at your 20s and you think of them as being your odyssey years, then I am definitely out and <laughs> I've been on the full kind of, you know, toil of figuring out by process of elimination what it is I, I want to do and what direction I want to take my career in. And, you know, that started off with doing a degree. I don't think I'd probably do again, having my time over, Um, you know, doing a job. I didn't think that I would like, but ended up loving Uh, and then doing a job that I thought that I would love and ended up hating, (laughs) you know, and then eventually working corporate um, experiencing burnout. Georgie, I know you've spoken about, you know, the effects of burnout extensively before on this podcast and, you know, happy to go into that. but. I, even through, throughout all those experiences and the ups and downs of trying to find what it is that, you know, I love, I love doing. Um, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to, to kind of like build something to give to people, something of value, you know, something that gives me purpose. And I did not think that that would be cryptocurrency and web three <laughs> at, at all. <laughs> I mean, I came from a family that, you know, still thinks property investment is the best thing since sliced bread. And in many ways it is sure that, you know, I was the first person in my family to invest in the stock market. Um, and then eventually, you know, start looking into the crypto space. And the thing that I feel like everyone has, the sort of aha moment, or the the story of how they got into crypto, a piece of information, a conversation between friends, a documentary, you know, whatever it is that resonates with you and encourages you and inspires you to explore the space for what it is, not what you perceive it to be. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was a podcast interview between Tim Ferriss and, and Katie Horn. And you know, I've spoken about this a lot before, but. Katie Horn, US federal prosecutor, um turned, you know, Web3 aficionado. And, you know, uh I think she's now an a uh, a venture capitalist. She has found founded her own venture capital firm that specializes in web three. And during that interview, Katie just spoke about Web3 and crypto and NFTs in terms that I understood. She came from a non-technical background. Um, you know, she sort of wasn't in the tech space at all, really. But she was someone who I identified with. I've identified with her story, with her message. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe, you know, crypto is a place um, for me. And so that's what encouraged me to start exploring and what kicked off the 100-day cryptocurrency journey that I did on TikTok.
1: Which was amazing, by the way, and that just leads nicely into that because I found that so inspiring. A hundred days—like, what did that look like? Um, Where did you get your information from? Like, how did you go about going on that journey? Like, was it podcasts? Was it YouTube? Was it books? Like, how did you go about really upskilling yourself and learning everything you know now over that hundred-day period? I'd love to know more about that.
0: It's a great question. I think our best resource really is Google. (laughs) I literally started, (laughs) I literally started off, you know, and typed in the, in the search bar, what is cryptocurrency? And then from there, just kind of followed my nose and gave myself the luxury to go down different rabbit holes, to explore, to read, to consume all different types of, of information. Um, and I guess you know, one resource that I started with, which was perhaps beyond a beginner level, was the Bitcoin white paper, obviously a hugely um, h- historical, you could even say, document in in financial and computer science history. I mean, it's just the most incredible thing. It's, it's only nine pages long, and yet that nine pages has led to the fastest growing asset in history, worldwide adoption. It's just amazing So I kind of started at this highly technical point and then worked my way backwards. So I sort of looked at the terms in the white paper, then I'd Google it and then I'd come across a YouTube video that explained um, things in really simple terms. And I think that there's a real um, art form in taking something complex like the blockchain, cryptocurrency, you know, whatever it is, and, you know, translating that into plain English and, and into simple terms so that, you know, the the general population can understand it. So I really loved the process of learning. And, you know, to your question, how did you do it? For me, it was more of a, how did you feel when you were doing it? Because mm. I found it so exhausting. <laughs> I think, you know, I think that I loved it, but then sharing, you know, scripting content then for social media and then sharing the journey on TikTok was a huge amount of time, you know, consumed in my day. And, you know, after a kind of like eight to 10 hour work day, it was a really, really big commitment. But by that point, I already had the Happy Spender channel and it just wasn't, it wasn't going anywhere. I was sort of talking about financial wellbeing and stocks and I just, I wasn't, it wasn't successful at all. Um, by way of, you know, social media channels and influencing and all that sort of thing. And so I just decided, you know, my crypto journey was just a last step attempt to see, you know, maybe I could kind of create some type of community around me online. And that community ended up being anchored in a desire to to follow someone's experience of, you know, something that really is unreasonably embarrassing and awkward, you know, learning something new and following that person through that journey of the full kind of what started off as 30 days and then turned into a hundred days. Um, so yeah. I,
1: I just think it's so inspiring. And I think that this is the thing that I was saying this on the, on, a, on a podcast the other day is that, you know, we only, we we look at the the top of the iceberg, right? But underneath it goes all of this research all of this learning, all of this, these experiences. And I think the fact that you've been so vulnerable and sharing your journey Mm -hmm. will encourage others to do the same. And Mm -hmm. this is the thing I always say to women, like be curious, don't just dismiss it because you think, oh no, what's all that technical language? Not for me. It's like, we now as women need to be educating ourselves in this space because this is coming this is the future we do not need to be scared of it instead you know we don't need to take 100 days you know you've done all the research and the work for us and (laughs) solidified it into a nice easy way of learning but the point being is that we can't just dismiss it because we think it's for men or it's too complicated or it's too risky or we're we're trusting the media and what they're saying about all the time Mm -hmm. we need to take back our control and -hmm. what I always say to people as well as when the media is spinning it as like a negative and a scam that's when you go in that's when you get curious and go oh okay this could be something in this right so I love mm-hmm. the fact that you've done that and I love the mm-hmm. fact that you shared it so openly on a social platform I think it's like I said ex- extremely inspiring so mm-hmm. from that taught us a little bit about where Happy Spender is now, because I mean, it, it looks phenomenal. Obviously, we follow you on Instagram and TikTok. You're doing incredible work there. What's that been like, that journey, really focusing on building up your, your brand? Because this is something that we're very passionate about, a Club as well. Like, we're building a brand over here. A lot of work goes into it. So, from one content creator to another, I take my hat off to you. I know how much work <laughs> goes into that day to day. But what's that journey been like for you?
0: As you can imagine, and probably relate to full of ups and downs. I think when you're starting your own thing, trying to build a brand and trying to make something of just an idea, um, the highs are high and the lows can be low. And, you know, I sort of take you back to when I finished that hundred days or the hundred day journey, I had just gotten back from a holiday from Darwin and I was very lucky to kind of get away, go up to Darwin in the middle of COVID lockdowns and just have some time away. So I was there for two weeks. I got back from Darwin and I was sitting in a COVID testing line for like seven hours, like sitting in my car with everyone else on this massive football field. And I just had this moment of clarity and I called my boss and I said, I don't, I need more time. I don't want to come back to work. And at the time, you know, I've, I've been at this company for the better part of two years, been promoted twice, six-figure salary. I'm doing well. I could, you know, easily stay there, have a great life in Canberra. You know, I can spend what I want. Um, I was living at home as well. So, you know, I was just investing everything I could too. And I threw in the towel. <laughs> I threw in the towel and I said, no, you know, just, I need more time to just take some time away from work. Uh, take the gap year I never had, which I feel like when you're in your maybe late later 20s, my friend likes to call it the bootstrap sabbatical, less gap year, more bootstrap sabbatical. Mm-hmm. You know, you sort of burn through all your savings and you're trying to figure out what, what your next move is. And I thought, okay, let's see what I can make of Happy Spender. And it's been a real journey with the Happy Spender and I or with Canva and I, (laughs) you know, part part of building a business is wrangling with no code tools like Canva to make things look good and to, you know, to kind of really show or like provide people some, you know, something of value. One of the, the hard things I find about, you know, social media is being on camera and being front facing all the time. Um, because, You're only a human and that has been quite a big challenge. Um, But in terms of the actual brand and sort of, you know, the point when I quit work, I went through this period of just absolute free fall. I was so lonely, um, like incredibly lonely. Um, There was no structure in my days. You you realise how many hours are in the day when you have to fill it. And I found that incredibly difficult because from kindy I'd literally, my, my days were all structured. They were every sort of minute hour was accounted for. And I went to having to account for every hour and minute myself, you know, and and then, you know, the, the lack of routine. So there were some huge challenges that came from my decision. Um, In terms of, you know, the building side and the business side, I tried and failed at so many different things. I tried to get a YouTube channel off the ground. I had, there was a one point where, you know, we were thinking about doing, we'd assembled this amazing crew of people to do NFTs for Nick Kirios. I mean, he probably doesn't <laughs> know about that. <laughs> that was the plan, you know? <laughs> that was what we had our sights set on and that project fall apart, fell apart and Um, you know, so many other projects. I must've written like three white papers, at least for different projects, you know, various NFT things. And funny enough, I came full circle back to the idea of producing educational content in video format. And that's how Dear Crypto was born. So Dear Crypto really is a product of my own frustrations. It's kind of in creating for people what I didn't have when I did the 100 days of crypto because you know if if you've watched it and a lot of people would probably you know early followers would probably agree with me that journey was all over the place it was i mean i was covering like bitcoin mining at day 88 or something like that when you'd think that a topic like that would be covered earlier so you know for me i thought there's a way that we can put structure and chronology to the learning process and make people's entry into the space a little less frustrating and confusing and overwhelming. And I was actually going to do decrypto with this other guy who I'd met in Sydney, another content creator, and just sort of didn't think that the the partnership dynamic was quite right. And, you know, express that and then call someone that same day that I'd met through my channel. Actually, I've met so many amazing people on my platform. Um, I called Samantha who I'd spoken to a handful of times, you know, and we've really gotten along and I said, Hey, I have an idea. I'd love for you to do it with me. I think you're everything I'm not in the best way possible as a potential co-founder. And she said, let's do it. And so her and I have been working for the last, six months. She works full time, but I'm full time on developing Dear Crypto. So we've worked, you know, for for the last six months developing the first 30 lessons of content. And I can't believe it's taken that long, but there's over 22,000 words across, you know, across those 30 lessons. And it's been one of those projects that I think it's just so, um, it's been such an enriching experience, such a frustrating experience, but I constantly think, you know, I'm driven by this purpose to to put something of value out there that can hopefully help ease other people's entry into mm-hmm. the space.
2: I just I I can relate Mm. to so much of what you've just shared there Jordan so thank you so much for being so vulnerable and honest with that and one of the one of the points that I can really relate to is how when you first made the decision to sort of walk away from your corporate career how you felt I'm also the kind of individual that my 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 entire sort of sense of being was actually wrapped up in my professional life. I absolutely loved my role. And it was for me, the first time that I stepped away from that was my entry into motherhood. And I had went from this very social role. Um, my diary was like, you know, that, that ruled my life. Um, you know, everything just sort of revolved around, around my career. And all of a sudden, I didn't have that and that I also went on that sort of journey of loneliness and feeling really alone and what am I doing with my life like there there has to be more it left such a hole and such a gap so I I just relate so much to what you just shared you just shared there and I feel like Georgie and I often talk about what it takes to be entrepreneurial and what encourages people to step into exploring their inner entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and I feel that you, your journey is obviously so interesting. And what you you mentioned that you just had this moment sitting in the car, but what do you feel was the real catalyst and the driver behind really taking that step into this? what is now an entrepreneurial journey? Such a great question. Um, What
0: was that? What was that step? I guess, you know, it comes back to the purpose. You know, why do you feel driven to do something? And we could go even deeper here and, you know, so say, okay, well, I did the hundred days of crypto. So Naturally, that means I will quit my job and create something out of that because that's what makes sense and you know, whatever, but it actually goes a lot deeper than that. Growing up, I used to move around a lot. My dad was in the army for 35 years. So, you know, we moved every two years. We were never in the same place for more than two years. And I had to get really good at relating to all different kinds of people if I wanted to have any friends you know, it was kind of, I get to a new place and it was a kind of a bit of a thing of social survival, you know, who would, who would kind of grab me by the hand and welcome me in to their group, um, you know, to their circle, whatever it was. And those dynamics are always weird. And they changed a lot with age as well. You know, I think it's like everyone's so nice when you're younger and then you sort of get into your teenage years and it's a little bit more difficult to break into social groups and, and whatnot. But that feeling of having to start over at something new and having to kind of surround myself with people as quickly as possible, uh, I think... I don't know, really informs some part of what I love about entrepreneurship. It's it's ever changing, it challenges you, um, it puts you in front of new people constantly. And every place I moved, there was always, like I said, always someone who would grab you by the hand and pull you in and make you feel welcome. We all know that feeling of what it what it's like to be excluded. And it's not a nice feeling. And I guess the purpose for Dear Crypto is to invite more people in, make the space more welcoming. I want to be that hand that was so often extended to me and pull people in to this space and, and make them, you know, make them feel welcome and make them feel part of part of the journey. And like, they can see themselves in the space because they can see someone they can relate to. So in terms of, you know, entrepreneurship, yes, I've always had this kind of like love for, for business, even though I've tried to fight that at various points throughout my life, like doing an international relations degree when I probably had not a huge interest in IR theory in the first place, um, but, you know, kind of going, okay, well, I have a good business acumen. It's served me well until now, but what's the thing that's actually driving me to take this leap of faith and what are, you know, how do all of those experiences up until this point, sort of shape the way that I approach business? And what's the thing that I want to create that will, will bring others in and, and help people? So I don't know if that answers mm-hmm. your question. Well, that's, um, absolutely beautiful. that's been, you know,
1: my journey. A hundred percent. And it absolutely does because the first thing I think when you're thinking about starting a business is it comes from that place of passion, wanting to make an impact. And that, that is something that you have to have when you start a business, because on those days that you just described where you feel lonely and we've all had them, where you feel like, what the hell am I doing with my life? I literally had this moment the other day with Pam. I go, there's easier things to do with my life. <laughs> I Sometimes like, I wish I didn't have to do this. I Sometimes I was like, why are you like this? Why do you have to start a business? I know, Christ, we've already got one, right? And I was just like, what are we doing? This is so hard. And I just had one of those moments, right? And then literally, kid you not, an hour later, you get a message from someone in the community And they've just, you know, completed the yoga challenge and they feel like they've reconnected themselves or they've just, you know, felt like they've been part of something for the first time ever. Mm. And it just goes, that's my why right there is why I'm doing it right there is why I'm pouring my heart and soul right there is why I am up, up in the, up in the night thinking about how I'm going to make a difference, how I'm going to make this business, the success that I know it can be. So I think that's such a powerful message because I don't want to like on this podcast, glamorize entrepreneurship, glamorize business. I think it's really important to talk about the journey of business. And we're all here enjoying it. We're all here to learn and grow together. And I think that's the difference between web three versus web two is that we all generally want to support one another because we just have this mutual respect to be like, not only are we in a brand new industry, but there's quite a few women in this industry as it is. So how can we help each other out and support one another? Mm -hmm. And I love how you found your co-founder as well, because honestly, without Pam on those low, low days, I don't know how I would get myself out of the funk Mm -hmm. as quickly as what I do. Right. But Mm-hmm. I love to know, like going into those days and moments where you don't feel a hundred percent, where your mindset is playing with you, what do you do to get out of those funks? And is there any sort of things that you find work really well for you on those times where you go, Oh Jesus, what am I doing with my life? Um, What gets you out of those, those mindsets?
0: I'll tell you what that mindset actually looks like. Cause I think it's important for people to, to know I'm 28 and I'm surrounded by people who are buying property, settling down, getting engaged, having babies, getting married, really entering that next stage of life. And I would love that for myself one day, but I'm just not ready for it. I've kind of, I've, I've just got this, there's this pull to, to this thing right now um, and Pam, I just admire so much that, that you can, you know, you can, you can do it. And it it actually really inspires me to think, okay, well, you know, having kids doesn't mean that like, you know, it has to, you know, change or alter things drastically. You can still do business. You can still do the things that, that you love, but, you know, absolutely. I, I get these really intrusive thoughts of you're 28, you have no assets, really. You're living in your parents' backyard in a granny flat. Although it's, you know, it's like beautiful. I can't even claim that, you know, dear crypto will have started in my parents' garage because <laughs> it's just too nice. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's like too a luxurious cushy
2: for that. apartment. It's um.
0: <laughs> luxurious, you know. Yeah, granny yeah. flat in the back, and I'm so supported by my parents, and I'm so so very lucky for that because mm-hmm. without you know, them, I have i wouldn't have that luxury of, of time and reduced financial strain to, you know, do what I'm doing. But yeah, absolutely. There are days where I'm like, I look at the, my friends around me and I think, you know, they're doing so well in their careers. They're progressing to that next stage of life. And I'm over here crying sort of maybe every other week, not necessarily out of sadness, but out of overwhelm yeah. Oh, yeah. thinking, <laughs> yeah, thinking, will this thing Work yeah. and one of those moments I had this week was, you know, we've sort of struggled to find investors that will that will you know are willing to help us out and, and invest in in dear crypto and the vision that we have for it. So we've decided to self fund. But for you know for us, I'm putting the the capital in, um, you know, with the and Samantha will eventually kind of come into the business slowly, um, you know, as she as she can, you know, with work. But I had, I dissolved my share portfolio to, to fund, you know, this first kind of part of bringing Dear Crypto to life. And it just, it, it made me feel so overwhelmed because, you know, like I said, I was the first person in my family to invest. It's like I'd created this nest egg that I was really proud of and now I'm cashing it in. To take a really big risk, and to anyone else looking from the outside in, they think, "Wow, that's amazing! What a go getter! You know, what a hustler! Like, you know, so you're blah blah blah." And and it is, and like kudos to me, you know, give myself a pat on the back. It's a big, like, it's a risk, and it's you know, it's me saying that I back myself and putting my money where my mouth is. But holy hell, <laughs> you know, I'm foregoing and I'm delaying that next part of my life so that I can focus on something right now. And I guess in those moments where I have those intrusive thoughts, I just let it happen. I don't think there's anything else you can really do. I let it happen. I acknowledge it for what it is and how it feels. And then I'll go and do a workout because for me, exercise really calms my mind and helps with my stress. I'm absolutely loving rowing at the moment. You know, like I said, my dad is ex-military. We have a whole gym in the garage. Uh, we've got a, the assault bike, the rowing erg, the <laughs> ski erg, the, like the rack, <laughs> squad, you know, what everything. So I'm very lucky to have that at my fingertips um, because I can't afford a gym membership anymore. So, you know, working out in the backyard has really been a, a huge help. And the second thing, as well as talking to very close friends and people who are going through the same experience of starting a business. And I'm incredibly lucky at the moment to have someone that's very close to me who is, has just launched their business. And so, you know, it's very different product, you know, in a completely different industry, but seeing them go through the ups and downs of, you know, of their own thing and and versus what you're doing, it's, it's all the same. And it's so funny how, you know, he will say, um, I'm really struggling with this or I'm not sure about this and he'll have a vent and then I'll give him advice. But then I'll have the same kind of vent and he'll just give me the same advice back. And it's, you know, you kind of can't take your own advice. You have to hear it from someone else who is is going through the same experience. And that's why I think the Sisterhood Club is so special in that respect, because, you know, it unites people around kind of you know, and talks encourages women to talk openly about the the struggles of doing something different, doing something new, taking a risk, taking a chance. Um, and I've heard that you know, for a lot of people, cooking is very cathartic. But I am the anti chef. If it takes more than a microwave. <laughs> and two minutes of prep time I'm out <laughs> but I'd love to you know maybe get across that
2: one day I actually bake four kilograms of potatoes on a Sunday night <laughs> <laughs> that's my logic
1: and- and a bit of uh, stringy cheese. That's her lunch. As about as skilled as Pam is, and I'm even worse. I think I live on toast and crumpets and muesli if I had my way. Yeah. But can, can I just say don't I'm just- laughing as well because everything <laughs> you just said, then I can totally relate to. Mm. Um, I in the last six months have probably been look my mindset. I would say is is very good, right? And I and I don't allow myself to get down. A lot, right? But the one thing I did before when I was building CH Solutions is I suppressed my emotions. Mm-hmm. I would be like, right, get on with it, throw myself into work, ignore, 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 suppress, suppress, suppress. And what that actually did to me was made my anxiety absolutely horrendous. So now when I feel those overwhelm emotions of this is all getting a lot, oh my goodness, like the other business needs attention now as well. Oh God, oh God. You know, just those those moments that we have where we just get in our own heads and we think, have I got this? Have I got this? this? Is this too much? Am I taking on too much? Just letting it out. Like you said, the ability to just sit in that discomfort and feel those emotions, even if even they don't want to, is so powerful, but it's also liberating because once you have released it in whatever way that looks like, going for a run, having a good cry, you feel, you just, okay, cool, that needs to come out. Perspective, mm. gratitude mission, purpose, vision, go again. Right. But that is crying is so underrated. A hundred (laughs) percent, a hundred percent. And you feel like when you're doing it, it's like an instant release. And I used to Mm. see crying as weakness. And now I'm like, no, if I have an emotion, it needs to come out. Absolutely needs Mm -hmm. to come out. And that's the difference I think between building a business in your feminine versus your masculine. Because before I've been very masculine and being like, ignore those feelings pretend i don't feel like that throw myself more into work what i need to do is work harder faster get in smash it all of these masculine tendencies whereas now i just let my emotions be felt and unfortunately to my you know amazing husband sometimes he gets the brunt of that <laughs> Yes. he's just sat I'm there looking at me <laughs> like, what can I do? What can I do? I'm like, nothing. Just let me feel these feelings and I'll be better again soon. But I hear you. And I just also want to say that on those days where you feel that, please feel free to pick up the phone to me, to Pam. Like nobody Thanks, needs Georgie. to go through that alone because it's not nice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes all you need is just another voice just to tell your story to and to go, do you know what? You fucking got this. You have got yeah, this. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Someone just to back you in and say, yeah. you know, and and just reassure you because, you know, it's like I'm and I'm sure you guys are the same, most of the time you're like, yeah, I got mm-hmm. this, and yeah. then there's that other time where you know, those intrusive thoughts do become a little bit too much and you just, yeah, need to cry it out, need to have it out um and you know, in order to be able to move on and I think we all like initially I absolutely fell into this um tendency to, you know, lean into that more masculine side as well. And I thought that I had to be a certain way in order to be successful or in order to thrive. And the most embarrassing example that I have of that was oh like I look back at it and it makes me cringe, but when I first started this job at a startup fresh out of uni, I worked in sales. And I kind of thought that like sales was, I was surrounded by a lot of very intense, like big dominant male alpha personalities. And I thought that I had to be like a Wall Street salesperson to do really well, like basically just be really aggressive, really firm, really this. And, you know, I just look back at some of the conversations and think, oh, yikes, like that is just, it was not me, it was not genuine. And the first part, you know, the first, the, the, thing that makes the most successful salespeople is getting people to trust you. Yes. <laughs> and here I am basically yelling at people down the phone, you know, and, um, I, <laughs> I it's, yeah, yeah. and it's like, I think we try on these different personalities as we grow mm-hmm. and evolve. And something that I have loved so much about getting older is feeling more comfortable in my skin. And just accepting me for who I am and also accepting the fact that I have some great strengths and people like me and I can talk to people and, you know, and, and do all these things. And I have flaws and weaknesses just like everyone else. But at the end of the day, it gets pretty exhausting trying to be someone that you're not. So you may as well lean into the person that you are.
1: That's the that's the title of the podcast right there. That was uh, Mike (laughs) there. (laughs) No, that was amazing. And yeah, everything you're saying. I know Pam and I are just like smiling and nodding along because this is just such an open, honest conversation. And I think the other thing that I've realised as well is that. I don't need to be a hundred percent all in every single day. It's like, I call it like my dimmer switch now. It's like, you know, I can just sort of dim down at the end of the night. And when I need to dim up, you know, for meetings, for for podcasts, I can dim back up again. But it's just learning just to kind of like not be just full foot on the accelerator all the time. Because when we talk about obviously burnout, that is how that happens, right? It's just this hustle culture. And that's something that I probably want to touch upon now with, you know, how do you as an entrepreneur, as a female, you know, starting your business, how do you recharge? How do you look after your health and well-being? Because I don't think this is a topic that's probably discussed enough when it comes to business. So what does that, I guess, self-care look like to you right now?
0: Great question. And, you know, I'll take you back to the time when I did burn out. I always thought that I could be hedonistic right is that how you pronounce it mm-hmm. when you're you know mm-hmm. you can party don't hard ask, and not ask don't hard. ask the I scottish always...
2: person i'm not very good at pronunciation
0: <laughs> <laughs> that
2: sounds great to me
0: you know <laughs> hedonism you know thinking that you can party hard and play hard and you know I fancied myself as someone who could like grill themselves into the ground work really hard go out have fun be like these you know like do, again be someone that i'm actually just at my core Not (laughs) and you know, I can work hard and I throw my full weight behind things, but I can't absolutely grill myself into the ground. I get burnt out, I need balance, I need eight hours of sleep a night, um, you know, or any max as much sleep as possible. You know, in order to function, I need to be feeding my body the right things, I need to be working out, I need to be taking breaks, and I think when you're Building something or starting something or even you know working, um, it's sometimes hard to forget that because we have so many different things to do. We have so many people and um, platforms and whatever else buying for our attention. We have to remember to you know do this and do that and take the bins out every week. And it's just so it's so overwhelming, and no wonder so many people are experiencing burnout today. So for me, I had to get really good at saying no. And that was really hard because at my core, I am a people pleaser and learning how how to say no was very hard, but it was actually one of the best things that I did. And this is the way I look at it. By saying no, you're actually conserving your best parts for when you do feel like you can give your best self over to other people. Because if someone asks me to do something and I'm not feeling hundred percent that I think that they might not be my friend anymore, if I don't agree, which is, you know, an irrational thought, right. But we're irrational people. Um, you know, I just, I had to get to this point where I was like, I would love to, I'm exhausted. I'm actually going to have a really quiet night in, but would you be free for dinner next week? Mm-hmm. And just learning how to conserve energy and mm-hmm. accepting the fact that I'm not as much of an extrovert, as what I thought I was, mm. um, and I can't go as hard as what I thought I could, and and just leaning into that, the one thing that gives me energy, you know, obviously you can wind down, you can work out, you can watch movies, you can rest, read all that sort of thing. So that's a way to kind of save energy. One thing that gives me energy is planning something each week that I look forward to, and. More often than not, that can be, or for me it should be, you know, a new experience. So I've re- you sort of recently, you know, a while ago, got into salsa dancing. Oh, and so awesome. it's like every Tuesday evening. Yeah, I haven't I haven't been in a while now, but like I was in this habit of every Tuesday evening I'd go salsa dancing and it's something my sister and I would go and do. And I don't know how to salsa dance, but we learned and we met so many cool people and it was also time where I was forced to put my phone down as well Mm. and concentrate on learning a new skill. And it was as someone who sits at a computer all day, um, and as someone who kind of like is in this space where there is so much like brain power that goes into digesting content and making sense of it to yourself and for others, for me, just getting away from that was hugely beneficial. And so, you know, I'd implore anyone to, to kind of Find new things to do that, you know, might give you your energy back. It's just something that I've found really works.
2: Okay. I I absolutely love that. And I think one thing that it's, it's so important to remember and have fun. Mm. Life can get mm. so serious. And if you yeah. do not break away and remember to get out and do something joyful or you know take up a new activity spend time with friends spend time alone but doing something that's going to fill up your cup is just so important and recognizing I think it's important look you you need to work hard right and I think like hard work um cannot be underestimated there is no there's no easy button right (laughs) we all got to work incredibly hard if we are pursuing a mission and a vision and something that we're all incredibly passionate about but the challenge there is is that when you are so passionate about something and you are pursuing it it's harder to switch off because yes that is also something that fills up your cup and energizes you as well
0: I'd love to throw that throw that question back to you both what do you like doing that kind of is something that gives your energy back
2: Like really good question. I think like at the moment for me in my life, I don't actually have a lot of like, I'm I'm not exactly time Mm. rich, right? I'm time poor. So for me at the moment, genuinely what gives me joy is when, when I am actually able to switch off, phone away, phone down, and when I can be completely present with my girls like that is Mm -hmm. what actually really re-energizes me and fills up my cup and just like really makes me connect to my why and that might be a case of like we're just going out like I've got one in the pram the other on the scooter just like really savoring those moments for me at the moment is just so important because I know how quickly the days can seem so long but the years are very short you blink Mm -hmm. you miss it you know and I just want it for me that's what is really re-energizing me but I would also like to point out Jordan that I have got a decade on you as well and I it, (laughs) it, it pains me to hear when people in their 20s like when other friends are embarking on that journey of engagement marriage motherhood there is this societal pressure for women to start feeling as though they have to embark on this journey because that's what others are doing. Right. And, and the reality is like, you know, you, your ovaries don't necessarily run out of time for, you know, you've got, you have got time, but that pressure when your friends start embarking on that, that journey, I've been there. Um, When I was back in the UK, all of my friends had kids. I was the only one without them. And at one point I thought, do you know what? I'm actually going to go for it. And for whatever reason, this Australian opportunity came into my vision and we decided to sort of come over to Australia for a year right and that sort of changed my life and I came over here and noticed that people actually have kids a little bit later and I thought oh wow this is really interesting but I hate those pressures that society sort of puts on women Um, and I absolutely love that although you're seeing that potentially in your friendship group at the moment you're not allowing it to force you to go down a path and embark on a journey that's potentially not right for you at the moment. Mm. I love that you are, you know, you're, you're thriving in your professional life. You're embarking on your entrepreneurial journey. And that is, that's absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I just want you to, you know, say, stay strong. Don't, don't allow those intrusive thoughts to come in because you, you have an abundance of time to embark Mm. on that journey. And in actual fact, I, I personally feel as though I'm a better mother in my late thirties than potentially what I was when I had my first daughter, when I was 30, you know, Mm. that maturity and that life experience that you go on, you know, um, working in a corporate career, having a bit of travel, starting a company, failing at a few things, dropping a few balls, like those life experiences and those people that you meet in that journey that you go on, it just shapes you into the human that you you know you're going to be when eventually you might decide, do you know what? I'm ready for this next phase of my life. Like Mm -hmm. I'm ready for Mm -hmm. this next journey. So I, I just feel so pleased to hear you. Say that you don't, although you sort of feel those pressures. You know that it's not for you at the moment, and and you know kudos to you.
1: Yeah, thanks, Pam. Means the world. Hundred percent. And look, I guess for me, my self care is it's reconnecting to nature. I just anytime I'm like walking in the woods, phone away, no technology. That's really important to me. Going down to the beach. um, I'm also hugely passionate about meditation. So meditating like Mm. every day is something that I have done for many years now. And just also journaling. That's something that I've gone on a bit of a journey with journaling. Like some days I can really, some weeks I'll be like, I'll journal every day. And then I might miss a week. But I I know actually that's very good because it gets my, all my thoughts out onto paper. Mm. And it's like almost like my little private therapy session where I can just sort of like scribble down some things that I've thought throughout the day or any ideas that come up. So I find that really therapeutic as well, Mm -hmm. but definitely self-care is an absolute must when Mm -hmm. it comes to business, because if Mm -hmm. we really want to grow these sustainable businesses (laughs) Mm -hmm. and enjoy it at the same time, self-care is absolutely important. But Mm -hmm. that sort of leads me on now to sort of like back to sort of you and Mm -hmm. your business and Mm -hmm. what you're focusing on right now like what is next for Jordan happy spender dear crypto what 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 can we expect what are we you know what are you working on right now what are you excited about I'd love to hear more about what's next for you and and your businesses
0: Sure. So I guess, you know, I'm trying to straddle Happy Spender and Dear Crypto, Happy Spender being my personal brand and Dear Crypto being this educational platform that, you know, we are trying to launch. So that's taking up a huge amount of time and attention or Dear Crypto, I should, I should clarify is taking up a huge amount of time and attention at the moment, mainly because we finally locked in someone to film and produce the content, which took us Quite a while. Yeah, like three months. And I mean, we were quoted anywhere between 7000 to $40,000, wow. you know, to get these first 30 lessons done. We found a great middle ground. And for some reason, the production studios that we were getting quotes from just it just didn't feel right. Like, you know, when you have that like business instinct in your power, yeah. like I'm not, I want to pull the trigger on this because it doesn't feel right. So we were mm-hmm. kind of delayed, delayed, delayed. Um, but then I met a, um, I sort of won't go into detail cause you know, it's, we're sort of, um, you know, he's a, a, a you know, very successful YouTuber basically mm-hmm. who I met, um, a few weeks ago at the financial festival in Sydney, And, you know, he was looking to diversify his business model by providing filming and editing services for Mm. other clients. And Mm. I said, well, I'd happily be your first client. I think your content's amazing. Mm. Their senior editor as well. I mean, if you, the the quality of the content is just so good and their senior editor is completely self-taught, which, you know, is amazing. He's just managed to surround himself with a great team of people. So I feel very, very fortunate that that has come to you know that that an opportunity to work with that team, you know, came about, and so we're actually filming the first thirty lessons for Dear Crypto next week, Tuesday and Tuesday Amazing. and Wednesday, which is exciting. So I've been mm. darting all around town, getting um, setting props, lighting, mm-hmm. like um, you know, trying to think how we can make the set reflect the brand mm-hmm. and the aesthetic mm-hmm. and make it feel welcoming. Mm-hmm. And make it feel like it's, you know, something, something different. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then like getting all the, it's things like getting all the makeup that you need to like, it's just so yeah. many weird yeah. things that you don't even think yeah. of that you're like, oh, well, I've got to go get my eyebrows done and I've got to, yeah. I've got to get, got, get my hair cut. Like and then I've got to go and get my hair styled both days. Yeah. Guys just, guys just drop yeah. up. They 100%. just drop up, you know, and they just film the content, like, yeah. you know, quick and dirty. Whereas, you know, there's so much. Yeah. There's so many little things that go into you know into doing this, and I wouldn't have it any other way. it's It's a lot of fun. and I've definitely gotten more used to my own company as I've sort of progressed throughout this journey. So it's you know kind of darting around town, getting things done, taking things off the list, and yeah. you know so we're hoping that <clears throat> we can have something you know, at least by the end of the year, if not very early next year to market. And funny enough, you know, something that I'd just like to touch on briefly is that there's been an enormous benefit in sharing this journey publicly. Mm -hmm. A friend, the friend of mine who is launching his own business sort of took this approach of not sharing anything at all before the product was, you know, kind of a sure thing. Um, because there's that big like fear of failure that it's not going to work. And you're telling all these people about Mm -hmm. your fabulous idea and then it just falls on its face and everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, stands in a circle and points at you and laughs at you. Um, which, you know, rarely, rarely the case. It's more of a spotlight effect on ourselves really, but sharing the journey publicly has been really beneficial. And, you know, when I decided to make that decision to self fund, I posted that decision on LinkedIn and Mm -hmm. said, you know, money is everywhere, but it's hard to access. And mm-hmm. in our experience, you know, we just haven't kind of found any investors who, who want to jump in on this idea. So we're going to self fund and mm-hmm. we're just going to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And from that, someone commented and said, send me a pitch deck. You know, I'd love to see it. We had a conversation yesterday. He ended up being a very early follower of the happy spender and the hundred day cryptocurrency journey really believes in what we're doing and who knows what will come of that. Amazing. you know, business relationship. So it's just there's so much merit in, mm. you know, if if you can and you have the energy in sharing your journey so that you attract the right people in and you just never know what could happen. So that's currently where we're at. We're still in the throes of trying to get a product to market. Who knows, it might not be perfect the first time round. That's okay. I know that Beck spoke about, you know, with her with Clutch Wallet, um, the incredible sort of, you know, wallet that she's connecting, uh, that she's creating and launching, you know, she sort of said, you have to put perfectionism aside for a minute mm-hmm. and just get a product out there that you can test in the market so that you can build, you can pivot, you know, keep listening and keep, mm-hmm. keep pivoting and keep adjusting so that you can, you can create that thing of value that people will genuinely want to buy into. So it's a process that's for sure.
1: I love it. Jordan, I could honestly sit and chat to you all day. I think <laughs> you're absolutely too. amazing and we are big, big fans. Thanks, and Georgie. look, I just, I wish you honestly all the best. We are huge supporters. I I just know. And it's just what mm. you just said then is something that I talk about a lot about, you know, it, it is just partly showing up right and you just never know who's mm. watching mm. you never know who is looking and that that resilience that you've shown that consistency with your posts I know it's going to pay off in a huge way for you and mm-hmm. I really hope this person that's reached out does end up investing does give you some some mm. some money whatever that looks like mm-hmm. to help support you I think you absolutely deserve it you're an incredible hard worker and I know that you're going to create something hugely successful um mm-hmm. in your future but yeah. where can we send people to find more about you, Happy Spender, Dear Crypto, like where should we send them to, to go? Yeah, well, you know,
0: thank you and you know, right back at you as well. So if you'd like to find me, um I'm on Instagram, the underscore happy spender, and on TikTok, same handle, the underscore happy spender. I'm finding that I'm gravitating towards Instagram more these days mm-hmm. just because you know, people actually have to, on Instagram, people have to actively go and find you. They have Mm -hmm. to seek out the information, um, you know, which has its pros and cons, but it just means that the following is a little bit more genuine and engaged. And it's, you know, it's just a really nice community. So spend lots of time on Instagram and I try and vlog at least once a week over there, Mm -hmm. which is really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'm also on LinkedIn, of course, um, I actually created a whole new LinkedIn profile just for Dear Crypto and this kind of, you know, new chapter that I'm stepping into professionally and mm-hmm. I just left my old LinkedIn behind. It was mm-hmm. just so sad and uninspiring. And I was like, no, nope. <laughs> yeah. like, you, me, <laughs> you, me, <new> LinkedIn. <laughs> so on LinkedIn, um, where else am I? You know, email, my emails are in, you know, my email is in my bio. So mm-hmm. feel free to reach out anytime. Yeah. I actually have a lot of conversations with, with people who follow my channel. Um, I'm always open to, to a chat. I love connecting with other people. And some of the most incredible relationships I've established have been, through meeting people on my channel, which I've just absolutely loved. So...
1: that's where you can find me well we'll put all the links in the show notes below so Mm -hmm. make sure you go and follow jordan she's incredible what she's doing we fully support so thank you so much for coming on the podcast today it's been an absolute joy and i really hope everyone's listened to this has felt inspired uplifted and uh, and hopefully more, more curious about web3 and crypto so go and do some research but jordan amazing to have you thank you so much for listening everyone and have a phenomenal day Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, please give a little share on your social. And if you have time, please leave a review. And I hope to see you next time. Take care.